And that is the beginning that we will try to somehow be put on to this. I couldn't figure it out, but that's going to be our intro so far until I can figure out how to make a good one. But that is, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wager Vision, where last week we went all in on a boomer guarantee. Uh, we're going to recap how we did in our pick fives. Me and Cam together again. Uh, no Jared again. So more than anything, it's, it seems like it's just Cam and Boomer show these days. And uh, I am Boomer. You can find me on Twitter at Live with Boomer or at TCB. And hello, Cam. How you doing, bud? I'm doing good. I just got off uh, my my second job that I used to pay for this expensive audio equipment. We will be we will be <laughs> ramping up this uh, this intro in the coming weeks. So uh, bear with us. I had a good week last week, three and two. So I got back in the win column. I won with Cincinnati. I won with Detroit. I won with Denver, and then I lost with the Jets, who got blown out by Jacksonville and Seattle. Lost by the hook. One thing I don't like about this competition is you get the lines that, that hit the markets on Wednesday and they don't adjust, so you can't shop around for a good number. But a winning week nonetheless, so I'm not going to complain about it. How'd you do? I uh, well, I did awesome in college football, as you know. I texted you or hit that boomer CMG. guarantee. Yeah, the boomer guarantee came through for anybody who listened <laughs> and hopped on it. Uh, I also uh, won about three of the other bets that I liked. That West Virginia line, that hit. Uh, the only one that I actually didn't win was Ohio State. Um, but, yeah, college football right now is red hot for me. I'm liking it. it I, I made a bunch of wins this weekend. And then in pro football, I also went three and two for my first winning week so far. I had Packers minus Woo. nine and a half. I had the Raiders minus two and a half. Uh, my loss was the Bucks plus three and the Eagles minus four. And I don't know how they blew that game. And then the Saints minus three and a half. So I went three and two in that. And uh, ready to get on a roll here and keep this college football just, just trucking, man. And uh, so hopefully Cam will finally start listening to me and win some money in some college football. <laughs> All right. I'll, 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 I'll follow your picks in college. You follow mine in NFL. And uh, then we'll just we'll be printing money every single week. That's true. I, I this is my first winning weekend pro, so I should go with other people's picks. To start it off this week, uh, I know we usually just go right into the games. I figured real quick, and then I do the college football last. But I figure we'll give out some college football first here real quick, and then we can kind of get into our, our normal routine of breaking down the NFL. Uh, there's a lot of good games this weekend. Uh, most of them are all in the later slate. Uh, I actually ha- like quite a few games this weekend, but uh, some of the bigger ones I like uh, is Auburn minus three and a half versus Mississippi State. Mississippi State hasn't scored more than a touchdown in its last two games. Auburn needs to have a big win here, uh, it, you know, coming up. It's. I mean, I can't believe how fast the football season goes, but, you know, over halfway, uh, about halfway for college football. Uh, they got, I think, Georgia coming up yet, and they have uh, Bama, which is always a big game, last game of the year. Uh, but my favorite pick, I'm not going to throw a boomer guarantee on it yet. Uh, maybe I'll tweet it out later as a boomer guarantee, but I do like this game a whole lot, and that is Notre Dame minus six and a half versus Vod Tech. Notre Dame's rolling. Virginia Tech's injured. 
I would get in on Notre Dame minus six and a half before it goes up to a. I know it's probably going to go up to seven. I'd get in on it early. Uh, another bounce back game. Cal just got romped by Oregon. I mean, they scored some points late, uh, but they're playing a really bad Arizona team. They're two and a half point favorite on the road to Arizona. Really like Cal this weekend. Uh, Ball State is up and down. Some weeks they'll be on fire. Some weeks they'll be on fire and then lose it outright. Um, but they're playing Northern Illinois. I've watched them play a couple times. They just Northern Illinois just is very good. Ball State's getting plus three at home. Uh, you know, in a college football, they usually they're all football. They give you a three points as a home. So they're saying they're a six point dog to Illinois. I, Northern Illinois. I don't believe it. I've seen Northern Illinois play. They aren't very good. Um, so I like Ball State plus three. And I like the Mizzou pick them. Uh, they. It's going to be against uh, Southern South Carolina. Uh, I don't know why it's a pick'em South Carolina. I don't think is that good. They always have, for some reason, people always think they're really good. Will Muschamp, I don't think is that good of a coach. Uh, but Mizzou pick'em, like it a lot. But my favorite of the week, hop on that Notre Dame minus six and a half for Spot Tech before it goes up. And I also like the under because I don't know about Tech to score. Uh, anyways, let's hop into Cam's favorite. And probably my, is my favorite as well, but college is somewhat, sometimes better to bet. But let's hit on some NFL games, Cam. Let's do it. Let's start with Thursday night. Indianapolis is traveling to Foxborough to take on the Patriots. Patriots are laying 10 at home, and the total is 50 and a half. Seen a lot of money come in on the Patriots, pushing that opening number of 7.5 up to 10. I agree with the move. And we're seeing money come in on the under. Boomer, why don't you go ahead and start, and then I'll wrap up with my thoughts. So, for me, uh, I really like the Colts plus 10. It was 10.5. Might go back up to 10.5. So, for me, I I like the Colts plus 10. Um, The Patriots defense, I know October is when they start pulling it together. But the Colts offense is good enough, I think, to stay within 10 points. Uh, the Patriots' offense is getting back Edelman and everything, so they're going to be hyped. But I think that there's no reason the Colts can't stay within 10. Uh, so I'm going to take the Colts plus 10. I'm probably going to wait and hope it goes back up 10.5, but that's that's what I would take. Boomer, I would have to be worried about the Colts' laundry list of injuries. I'm looking at the injury <laughs> report here, here on CBS Sports. Yeah, I saw that today. For the Colts, Marlon Mack, hamstring injury. T.Y. Hilton, Andrew Luck's favorite receiver. He's got a hamstring injury. Tight end Jack Doyle, who's been a bit of a security blanket for Andrew Luck, he's nursing a hip injury. They've got a host of injuries along the offensive line from the linebacker position. Even their kicker, Adam Vinatieri, I don't know. He's got to be like 57 years old at this point. He's dealing with a groin injury. He's questionable. So I, I would have a hard time putting my money on the Colts here. Uh, I told you I agreed with the move on the Patriots. And this is because, uh, you know, not, not just because of last week, the inspiring performance by the Patriots against the Dolphins, but because they're in a great spot here on Thursday night. As you know, the home, the home team has won and covered all four Thursday night games this year. And that's not an aberration. It's a trend that we've seen since the start of the Thursday night games. It's just so hard to prepare with three days of rest. So I would have to lean with the Patriots here, minus 10. What do you well, disagree like with most about that? <laughs> I, I'm sure you're concerned about the injuries 
I'm sure you're concerned about T.Y. Hilton possibly not playing. Um, I you know honestly, do you, do you have any opinions on the total? Typically, I like to take these Thursday night games under. Yeah, this year though they've all been going over, so I, I actually won't touch the over under. I think for I think Andrew Luck's a good enough quarterback that I honestly don't think it matters who he puts out at receiver. I think he's gonna he's kind of like Tom Brady in that sense. Whoever's open, he's gonna hit. Uh, he's a great quarterback. I get T.Y. Hilton is helpful because he's a very good receiver. Um, but I think the Colts are going to be able to score on New England's defense. I just don't think that their defense is very good. Uh, so I think they should be able to stay. That's my whole reasoning. I think I get that there's a lot of people injured. That uh, Nines played really good at running back, so he might be able to fill in for Mac and everything. Um, I, I just I think I get that I get that it's even at home and everything. Uh, but ten is so many points that I just I in the NFL it's crazy that I have to take the Colts. Josh Gordon played about 20% of the snaps for the Patriots last week. Do you see him being able to kind of ramp things up here and, and develop a chemistry with Tom Brady? Um, had just two catches for 32 yards versus the Dolphins. Yeah, the thing about the Patriots is, is they just get better as the year goes on. That's the way that it always is. And uh, yeah, the, the, longer that, the longer that Josh Gordon is uh, on the team and worked into the offense, I think right now uh, they're – they're kind of not trying to game plan around them so they can bust them out later in the year. So teams really don't know what to do. I think that they're going to, they're just, I bet you they start getting a red zone package for them that for Brady and him throwing jump balls, which especially in Gronk, too. you know, you can't double cover either one of those two if they're both out there because they both are just a, a great threat. So I think that they're waiting to really unleash him. Um, I don't think they want to show too early, but I, I do think he'll start getting worked in more into the offense, and I think he will end up having a pretty good year uh, with them. All right, so that's Thursday night. Let's move on to the afternoon games on Sunday. First one I have on my board, game I have a pick in, Ravens at the Browns. Ravens are laying three on the road, totals 47. Uh, I'll start with this one. I love Baltimore in this spot. I really do. Let's take a look at the Ravens' season. Throwing out the Thursday night game against the Bengals, where not a single road team has covered the spread this year. The Ravens blew out the Bills opening week 47-3. They hold off a quality Denver team. They win 27-14. to And then they march into Pittsburgh and win. And looking at the season stats so far, a guy you, you clowned on me for giving a bit of support to when we did our season previews, Joe Flacco has thrown more passing yards than Patrick Mahomes this year. He's not top five. Um, I, I would make the argument that he's just outside of the category of elite quarterbacks in the NFL, but he's found a rapport with John Brown, a couple of new receivers the Ravens have, and their offense is getting going here. We know the defense is always going to be there. We know uh, John Harbaugh is going to coach him up week in and week out. And that's my other key is John Harbaugh, his defense against rookie quarterbacks has been very good through the years. And um, they held Josh Allen in week one to just 74 yards passing. And the other key point I have is the head-to-head series between these two teams, Ravens and the Browns. The Ravens have won and covered the last five games. And so I love Baltimore minus three in this spot. Yeah, for me, uh, I think the Browns had a heartbreak getting beat by the Raiders the way that they did. It was a crazy game. Uh, I think the Ravens are beating Pittsburgh or on kind of a high um, short week. I, I 
I don't. I get the Ravens keep having weeks where they're really good, and then they have weeks where they show what they, you know, then they come back to earth. I kind of feel like this is a week they come back to earth. Uh, I get the Browns aren't anything to really gamble on or anything, uh, but I think I would have to take if I I don't I wouldn't bet any of it, but if I did I would take the Browns uh, plus plus three. Well, look, the Browns have actually been a good bet this year. They've been three and one against the spread, so they've they've made their backers some money this year. Um, but again, I'm going to go back to Baltimore. Baltimore stats very good this season, fourth in net yards per play. I think that's the best stat to use in, in pro football, at least. Cleveland just 25th in the NFL in that ca- same category. And then kind of an X factor that not many people take account of, the kicker. Don't forget about the kickers. They matter, too. Justin Tucker, he hit four more last week in Baltimore, ending the three-game losing streak against Pittsburgh. So that's a uh, factor flying under the radar, in my opinion. All right, let's move on. Uh, next Game I have on my board, Jaguars at the Chiefs. Chiefs are three, and the total's 49. This number, you know, I don't have a pick on the game. I have a few opinions, but the number surprised me more than anything. As you know, home field advantage in the NFL, typically around three points. So Chiefs at home being favored by three. The markets are telling you these teams are even, which I have to imagine there's going to be a boatload of money pouring in on the Chiefs. Um, They've been, you know, they've been – uh, gathering the uh, interest of the betting public. Patrick Mahomes looks so good in their come-from-behind win in Denver last week, a game that I covered the spread on, and that's a good game to uh, uh, remember that you got to shop around for the best number because you could have won betting on either side. Anyways, I don't yeah. have a pick on this game. What is your lean? Yeah, I agree. I think this is a stay-away game uh, just because – the Chiefs have been so hot, so I guess you could say ride them until they fail you. Um, but they've just been so hot. At some point, you would think they would have to come, come back to reality. Um, not, I think Sammy Watkins is going to play, but I'm not for certain. It didn't seem to really hurt them against the Broncos anyway. Uh, Jaguars' defense is really good. The question is, is, can Blake Bortles, even though Chiefs have the worst defense in all of the NFL, um, can Blake Bortles put up enough points to keep up with the high flying Chiefs? That's the thing. And I don't I just don't think that they can, but I just don't know if the Chiefs can say this hot either. At some point those numbers you would think for pretty much a rookie quarterback start. I get it's not his rookie year, but it's really his rookie first season playing. You would think that he can't stay that high and have like this Peyton Manning setting record setting kind of year. Um so I, I think it's a stay away because at some point, I think the Chiefs are crashing back to reality. Might not be this game, but it could be. And that's why I'm out on this game. Yeah, I think you have to look to bet against the Chiefs when they're playing a capable quarterback. I wouldn't put Blake Bortles in that category. But if you look at the Chiefs' defense, last in the league in a whole lot of categories. They give up a ton of yards. The back door is always wide open. Um, they tried to let Case Keenum through it last week, and he missed a wide-open receiver. <laughs> Uh, who was about to catch a touchdown pass. But, yeah, I, th- I think you have to pick your spots. Fading the Chiefs, here's not one of them. Next, uh, I have Titans at the Bills. Hold on. Oh, you want to say quick. one more thing? Yeah. Well, I actually want to say something that's not about NFL at all. I did a prop bet tonight. Right. I, bet, uh, I bet Gene Carlos Stanton to hit a home run, and he just hit a home run. So, that, that's, yeah. uh, so that's a winner for me. I, I had to check Cheers, that. Man. Uh, yeah, so that's – 
I don't usually pay attention to baseball, but I actually took the Yankees as well, plus 800 to win the whole thing. <laughs> I just figured it was a great value bet considering they're in the playoffs. Um, eight plus 800 is just so much. I had to go for it. And right now they're red hot. I mean, I get they don't have very good pitching and they're probably going to run into some things, but I just hit that uh, Gene Carlo. Love it. I almost bet both him and Judge, which both of them hit a home run, but I chickened out. I didn't want to lay too much money on prop bets. That one cashed in, so I'm happy about it. Yeah, congratulations, man. It's always nice to hit on those fun props. (laughs) So now we can move on to the Titans, though. All right, on point, on point. Titans at the Bills. Titans are laying Three and a half on the road, totals 39 and a half, depending on where you shop. This is a strange game to bet. I, you know, the Titans are a team that if you told me they'd be three and one after, you know, the first quarter of the season, I, I'd, I'd ask you how they were going to get there. I, they're really flying in under the radar, and, you know, they won nine to six against the Jags a few weeks ago. They're just finding ways to scrape out wins with coaching. And, you know, Mariota, he's, he's been dealing with some, some injuries throughout the season but he's been able to gut it out and play pretty effectively at times. Bills, obviously, horrible season for them. Nowhere close to matching their playoff uh, appearance of last year. So it makes sense they're getting so many points at home here. This is, I don't know, I, I it, it's dog or pass for me in this game because I think there's a ton of value betting on the Bills. But the reason why there's a ton of value is because they keep getting blown out. So I don't know. What do you think? Do you have the balls to bet this game? Uh, no, because I think the Titans are still a pretender. I don't think they're a good team. I do not get how they keep winning. Marcus Mariota has not been what people want him to be. Him and Jameis Winston both have just been a terrible draft class of QBs. They didn't live up to what these other young quarterbacks are doing. I don't get how the Titans keep winning. I didn't get it last year. I don't get how they got in the playoffs last year either. So I don't know what's happening, how they keep doing this, and how they keep pulling out. And It, it makes no sense to me. So I find it almost impossible to every week to bet on them or against them. You know how you have one of those teams that screws you no matter what you do? That's just how it is. That's the Titans. If I bet on them, they will get their ass blown out. If I bet against them, they'll squeak out some bullshit win like they did this weekend. So for me, the Titans, I want nothing to do with them. I want them wiped off the board. I don't ever want to see a line on those guys again. I hate it. Well, I tell you how they made the playoffs last year. They got to face the Jaguars with Blake Bortles. The Texans without uh, Watson and the Colts without Andrew Luck, so they had one of the most favorable schedule, one of the most favorable uh, uh, strength of schedules last year out of any team in the league. Um, yeah, I'm done with this game. I can't bet it. As I said, it'd have to be dog or pass for the value. Next on my board is Giants at the Panthers. Panthers are minus six and a half or minus seven, depending on where you shop. Forty-four and a half the total. I think the season might be lost for the Giants. Odell Beckham's their best player. He had a rough week last week dealing with some injuries. And, you know, their offensive line implodes, and they're unable to run the ball, and Eli Manning gets pushed off his spot, and he looks like the worst quarterback in the NFL. I can't bet on the Giants. It would have to be laying the lumber with the Panthers for me. Do you have anything in this game? Um, right now I don't. I'm hoping that – the people of New York or New Jersey, since they are technically the New Jersey Giants, hop on them and get it down. I think that I think the Panthers are a really good team. Their defense is really good. Cam's having a really good year. Uh, so I, I think I'll, I will end up betting the Panthers. It, this might be a game where I take, like, the first half line 
Uh, it's what I did with the Saints versus Giants as well, even though I think the Saints covered both. But I did the first half line um, just so I don't get backdoored or anything. I, I like the Panthers. Uh, I, I think it'd be around three, and I haven't looked, but I could probably hop on right now. But it, it's probably three and a half, four in the first half line. I, the Panthers have seemed to jump out pretty good, and then it gets close at towards the end of the game um, in most of their games, or they have to come back at the end of the game. I, I think the Panthers are really good. Cam's having a great year. I would ride with the Panthers over the Giants. I think Eli's just shit. <laughs> well, well said. Very eloquent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> next, I have Broncos at the Jets. I lost with the Jets last week. I thought they could hang and cover the seven and a half against the Jaguars. I was wrong, although I took them on a teaser, too, and they were uh, sitting at 13 and had a chance there, but Jaguars decided to go ahead and score a meaningless touchdown at the end of the game to break my teaser. Not salty about it. I'd do the same thing if I was the coach. That being said, I think there's line value on the Broncos here. You know, the Broncos' offense leaves a lot to be desired with Case Keenum. Uh, on the lower end of QBR ratings this year. But their defense is very good, and they have a good committee of running backs that I think allows them to control the line of scrimmage and uh, take control of the time of possession. And they also have a good defensive coach in Vance Joseph, who I think can draw up some blitzes to confuse um, um, Sam Darnold. And Darnold has shown the propensity to turn the ball over at an alarming rate. So I think – with the Broncos potentially getting extra possessions, um, all they have to do is win the game outright to cover the spread. Um, I, I, I would have to go with the Broncos in this matchup. Yeah, I, I think the didn't the Broncos open as a dog as well, uh, and it's already come down to – I think that means there's tons of money on the Broncos, uh, I, I believe. No, I, I saw the game open at Pick'em. Uh, but, yeah, most really? of the money, both the cash splits and the ticket splits, are heavily in favor of the Broncos. Upwards of 90% of the money is on the Broncos already. Yeah, so my my thing is, is you're right, Darnold just turned over, which most rookie QBs always do. Uh, so you can kind of see that coming. And plus his team has, like, nobody on it. I, I literally can only name one receiver uh, in on that whole team that's even capable of doing anything. Um but, yeah, so he doesn't have any talent around him. I feel sorry for the guy. Uh, I thought he would be better off going to the Jets than the Browns, but I thought the Browns were super for passing on him. But they have way more talent around uh, Baker than the Jets do around Donald. So it's going to be a couple, at least a year or two, before he's really shining. Uh, but this game, yeah, Broncos just lost a tight one in Denver. Um, the Jets, I feel like they're do you have another win. Uh, their defense has been playing good. Case Keenum isn't the best. He's going into, uh, you know, New Jersey to play him. I, I think it's, I, I, I think call me crazy. I kind of feel like this is a week the Jets squeak another one out. Um, just because the Broncos need that running game to be able to do anything. And I think the Jets defense is good enough to stop the running game and make him have to rely on Case Keenum, who will end up throwing a pick, uh, which he always does. I think he's three touchdowns like five interceptions or six interceptions on the season. Um, so, you know, that trend will probably continue, and the Jets' defense helped Donald out, and they squeaked this one off. One factor that's definitely lining up for the Jets is the Broncos got to play um, 
three home games, three of their first four games have been at home, and as you know, Mile High Stadium, maybe the best or second best home field advantage behind Seattle, and so they've benefited pretty big from uh, playing, you know, most of their games so far at home and Mile High. And the other thing is, you know, the Broncos may have covered the spread last week if you had plus four and a half. Like myself, had a ticket in my pocket. But Broncos players don't care if they cover the spread. They lost the game that they thought they should have won. And so, you know, I think you might be onto something. I think it could be a letdown spot after a pretty heartbreaking loss to a division rival. So, as I said, I don't have any money involved in this game, but um, it's pretty close for me either way. I would lean towards the Broncos, but I, I, I think I think it's it's a pretty tight line that the odds makers have set. Next we have Falcons at the Steelers. Steelers are three, and 57 is the total. So two horrible defenses in this one. And, you know, my initial thoughts on the game is on the game are, I, I'm not going to touch the Steelers with a 10-foot pull. The drama that they have in the locker room with Bell and Brown and all those guys, I, I think they're a powder keg ready to explode. And I just don't know the effort that I'm going to get on a week-in and week-out basis. They just lost to the Ravens. Massive loss. I, th- I think they're looking at the standings, and they're going to find a hard time uh, uh, making up ground in the AFC. And I, I don't see what the motivation is going to be for them here. Falcons, meanwhile, I, I would typically lean towards taking the plus three in the road, but their defense is just so banged up with Neal and some of their safeties being out that it, it's hard for me to back them uh, with some of my hard-earned money. So I, I got to stay away from this game, but I would, if I had to make a play, I would take the plus three. Yeah, for me, what I think is amazing is that both of these teams, if they lose, are, are just reeling for the season, and they're both really good teams. And they both lost some games or one tied a game. They probably should have won. Uh, I just this season, this NFL season's been nuts. Uh, for, for like, there's a lot of teams that are in spots that I didn't think they'd be in, uh, especially the Falcons. And they've had a chance in every single one of their games uh, to win. Um, three and a half seems like a lot, but like you said, injuries seem to be really hurting them on defense. But Pittsburgh defense is all over set so freaking high at 57 and a half. Uh, I, oh man, it's hard to points, but I think I'd have to go. I mean, six, 60, almost 60 points in the NFL is crazy. I think if I had to touch anything, I think I'd stay away from the line because you really don't know where you're going to get with the Steelers, and the Falcons are really hurt, and they putting up tons of points, so you think that they come a little bit to reality. Uh, so if anything, I think I'd go under 57 and a half. Uh, but I probably would stay away from this game. Yeah, I'd have to agree with your take on the total. Definitely under or or passing on the total. Next, we have Packers at the Lions. Packers are laying one and a half points on the road, and the total is 51. The one thing I'll say about this game is this: this is a perfect spot to do what's called an advantage teaser. Boomer, I don't know if you ever play teasers, but an advantage teaser is when you tease through three and seven, the most important numbers in sports betting. And this is one of two opportunities you have to do it this week. You could also do the Broncos from one to seven. And here taking the Lions from plus one and a half to plus seven and a half. I would lean towards taking that teaser and tying them in with the Jets. And other than that, I, I, I think the line is fairly tight. The problem with the Packers is Aaron Rodgers, 
does not look fully healthy. I know they had a, a, a pretty solid performance last week, but that was against a pretty untested defense. And so, you know, I think it's a tough spot to lay points on the road with the Packers, but being in division and going against a first-year head coach with Matt Patricia, I'd say this line is about right for me, which means I have to pass. Yeah, I think that the Lions, they had one huge game, and that was against the Patriots. I just don't think they're a good team. Uh, I think the Packers are in there, and they need to – I mean, Rodgers is frustrated for this reason, even though they're 2-1-1. One one. He's acting like they have a losing record. I think the whole Packers – I know besides Aaron Rodgers is terrible. I think they're a below-average team. Uh, he has nothing uh, – the defense – they're starting two rookie corners who've been playing all right, but they've never played a full season. So at some point, I think that wears on them. Uh, their defense doesn't have anybody else. Clay Matthew keeps getting BS, sack penalties. Uh, but the Lions, I just think, aren't good. And they just got beat by a really bad Cowboys team as well. And usually I like to take teams that lose like that the next week. They usually have a bounce back. But I, uh, I just think I'd have to go with the Packers minus two here. I don't see them. Uh, losing to the Lions form. So I think there's a lot of minus two. I think you're right about the Packers roster. I would say if you take Aaron Rodgers off that team, the perennial 6-10 and 10 type of team, I mean, I, I know the front office hates the trade for free agents, but at some point you're going to miss in the draft every couple of years, and they just haven't added enough playmakers for Aaron Rodgers, and I think – that's why you've seen them only win one Super Bowl with uh, a guy who most consider to be the best player in the NFL right now. So I, I, I think that's, um, I think that's nuts. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I, I think the total is a little bit out, contro- out of control here. Um, against division rivals, I typically like to look towards the under. And you know, it, it's weird. With the rule changes and with, you know, the high-flying offenses and all the penalties and everything, we're seeing some really high-scoring games here. And so, you know, 51 is the new 47, and these totals are starting to adjust a little bit. But I think sometimes uh, they might have gone out of control. It, it looks like it opened up at 54.5, which is nuts. And a bunch of money came in on the under, so the odds makers took the line back. Any more thoughts on this game? No, I uh... – I think that over. I think the overunders, like you said, are getting inflated now because of the way uh, offenses are going. Uh, but I, I think at some point you, they got to come back to reality uh, and be back to normal NFL football. But that's I also I took the other Ravens in Pittsburgh because, like you said, division rivals it usually doesn't do huge scoring matches because they do so well. Uh, so I agree. If, if that was at 54 and definitely take the under 51 could be a little dicey just because neither one of them have a great defense. One thing I'd like to look into, and I don't know, maybe there's some, some research out on this already. Are, are these first games between these division rivals, do they tend to be lower scoring or higher scoring than later in the season, right? Ravens, Steelers, they got to play each other twice this year. Maybe they don't want to show as much. Maybe they don't pull out the trick plays as often. I don't know. It might be something to look into in between shows. Um, Next game, I've got a pick on this one. Dolphins at the Bengals. Bengals are minus six and a half. 49 is the total. 
I love the Dolphins. I love Miami plus six and a half here. Look, the Bengals have been making me making me money each and every week. I told you to bet on bet on them last week, and they came right through the back door. Andy Dalton led his team uh, on a fourth quarter drive. He found AJ Green for the win and the cover. Although it didn't matter if they won, if you had the plus four and a half. And then on the other side, the Dolphins are off a horrible loss to the Pats, where Ryan Tannehill had just 100 yards passing. But you know, I'm I'm kind of discounting that because it was a home run spot for the Pats off of two consecutive losses, and they were at home. So for me, this is a pretty simple handicap. I think Miami is about an average team here. Uh, They're giving up 5.7 yards per play on defense and gaining the same amount on offense per play. And so I I think with an average team, 6.5 is just too many points to give up in the NFL. I mean, you're watching these games on Sunday, and every single one seems to be coming down to the last possession where you've got a ticket in your pocket and you're just not sure which way it's going to go. Very few blowouts, it seems, uh, to be this year. The Bengals may be in a look-ahead spot as well. They're off a massive win in Atlanta, and guess who they face next week? Arch-rival Pittsburgh Steelers. That game is always a bloodbath. Vontez Burfick should be back, so I don't know if you could bet oh, the over-under on the number of penalties or you know, how, <laughs> how quickly he's going to be ejected, but uh, I would definitely take uh, the over on the penalties with him. So I like Miami, plus six and a half. I think you're getting solid line value here with a good Dolphins team. Yeah, um, that's a team that you'd have a bounce. They are a pretty solid team. Uh, once again, I mean, they're three and one. They're a decent team. Bengals are a really good team as well. And I get that they're on the God six so much in the NFL. Uh, I mean, noon games, if you have the red zone lately, I mean, every noon game is like coming down to the wire most of the time. You got like four or five games on at one time because it's so close. Uh, so right now, I those big dogs like that, you got to like. And like the Bengals are going to be thinking of Pittsburgh next week. Huge rivalry game. Uh, and, I mean, to be honest, I get Bengals have a decent roster, but they've just been on fire lately. Uh, that's It's just been kind of crazy. Uh, so you would think that somewhere they'd have kind of a down game. I don't know how to explain. They're kind of like the Titans. They just kind of hang in there, hang in there, hang in there besides last week. And then somehow get, you know, have a chance to win it or close to win it. Uh, and they have won most of them. So I think they're hanging around in this game as well. Uh, I do like the plus. Well, you have said six and a half. I'm minus at six. But uh, I think that's a lot of points for a decent enough team. And I, I would ride with that as well. Yeah. And the other key factor in this game is the Bengals are dealing with some injuries to their playmakers. Uh, Tyler Eifert, if you watch the game, pretty nasty leg injury he suffered. And it looks like Joe Mixon's kind of banged up in practice, so who knows if he's going to play. And I think you start adding up these injuries and taking away playmakers for Andy Dalton, it's going to make it harder on him to find his reads. And so, yep, I think there's value on the Dolphins. All right, next we have Raiders at the Chargers. Nice AFC West matchup. Chargers are minus 5. 53.5 is the total. Boomer, this is your squad. I'll let you start on this one. So, for me, uh, Raiders going to L.A., that's a home game for the Raiders. Uh, yep. Getting plus four and a half, five, where, depending on where you're at. Mine says four and a half right now. Uh, I bet it will go up to five, five and a half, six, because people think, for some reason, people are hardcore high on the Chargers this year. Uh, people are downplaying the Raiders, even though they've been 
good in every single game and just squeaked out losses barely or kind of fell apart in the fourth quarter against the Rams, but they were still in that game most of the game. I think I get it. I'm a homer. I'm a Rams fan, but I think they are a really good team. I think they're about to go on a run here. I think they capped this off as a victory down in their home territory of the LA Char- or Raiders. And uh, it's going to be a crowd, a rowdy crowd for them. And that hurts. That's going to hurt the emotions of the Chargers. I mean, playing at home and not even having probably hardly any fans in the stadium. Everybody's going to be cheering for the away team. I think that gets to you. Uh, I heard Philip Rivers on Colin Cowher today talking about it, saying he's used to it, but he sees it get to other players, uh, especially younger players. And this, this game, it's going to be really over the top. I get other teams when they come have a lot of their fans there, but this is going to be like all Raiders. I think that it gets to them. I think the Raiders squeak it out and get ready for a big run here. Look, man, it sounds like you stole my notes before the show. I love <laughs> Oakland plus four and a half, and it's for the exact reason that you just mentioned. This is a home game for the Raiders. <laughs> this is a home game for the Oakland Raiders. Their fans will outnumber the Chargers by at least two to one or better. And, you know, I, there is a lot of love for the Chargers. I don't really know why. They don't seem to be able to blow anyone out. Their defense is much worse than advertised, 28th in the league. They allowed C.J. Beathard of the Niners to lead them right through the back door last week. And I don't know if you believe in re- revenge. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure how much of a factor it is, but it's worth noting. Chargers swept the season series last year. Last, It was a lost year for the Raiders. And – I don't know. Let me get your opinion on this. I, I was reading through um, the newspaper there in Fresno. Possible distraction for the Chargers. A lot of records that Chargers players could reach. Antonio Gates needs just seven catches to pass Art Monk on the all-time receiving list and just 24 yards to pass Calvin Johnson. They have a couple other players that are uh, you know, eligible to move up. I don't know. It, it, does that matter at all? Are these players worrying about the stats? Do they are they asked about this from the beat writers, or do you think it's a factor in the game at all? I think somebody like Antonio Gates is no way going to have to worry about seven catches right now. He, he gets in there, you know, briefly stints, um, you know, maybe passes the yardage, but I don't think that's on his mind right now. Maybe throughout the season. I think if the season winds down and he's still a little bit of ways, they work on getting him that. But for this game right now, I think there's no way they're focused on that. I think they're focused about getting ready for – uh, a massive Raiders crowd and trying to get the team up, even though it's a home game in a small stadium. I, I don't think they're worried about any of those kind of records or anything like that. Uh, I just don't think that gets in anybody's head until it's like, say if it came down at the end of the season and it was close and it was the last game and they wanted to get them catches, I think they might focus on them that way. But right that, now this early, I don't think anybody cares. It's just like I don't think Drew Brees cared about the record. He already broke in the record he's about to break. I just don't think any of that matters. The other thing to keep in mind is we're at the point in the season where four games under our belt, and that's the first thing that the betting public is looking at is is how many wins do these teams have. And I think at one and three, the Raiders are highly undervalued. They've led in the third quarter in all of their games. They've only managed to win one, but they've they've been in there. They've been hanging around, and they've had opportunities to win in all four. So I, I really do think they're undervalued. And then it, you look at the season that Derek Carr is having. I think he's starting to hit his stride here. He had 437 yards last week and tossed four touchdowns against a pretty a solid defense. Browns defense. Yeah. 
Again, yeah, everyone's telling me about this Browns defense. Well, Derek Carr put up monster numbers last week against them in their overtime win. And then Marshawn, Marshawn Lynch, he's been great in the locker room. John Gruden's been praising him. Derek Carr loves him. It, it, you know, from everything I've read, like not a single guy. Too. Exactly. Beast mode is back, it appears. Yeah. He had a bit of a breakout of performance last week, 130 yards, over six yards of carry. So I, I think with the playmakers on offense that the Raiders have, you know, I do worry about their defense being able to, you know, maintain leads if they get one. Yep. But at plus four and a half in a virtual home game, I, I do think there's clear value on the Raiders. So it sounds like we're in agreement there. Uh, anything else before we move on? Nope. Uh, I got nothing else. I think it's going to be – if that over-under is going to come into play, I think. Uh, Chargers are going to be chucking it. Raiders are going to be chucking it. I think it's going to be another uh, probably up-and-down game. Uh, it's going to be pretty much who – turns the ball over, kind of like how Brown started over for the Raiders to win. I think that's kind of what it's going to come down to as well. Uh, and if it comes down to a field goal for the Chargers, you know that they're probably going to miss because they have the worst luck in the world with field goals. All right. So in a game where the coaches will surely not want to be chucking the ball down the field, Cardinals at the 49ers. Cardinals, Josh Rosen is in. Uh, you know, they've given up on Sam Bradford, as so many other teams have, and they're getting plus four in San Francisco. 41 is the total. So oddsmakers expecting a low scoring affair here. TJ Beathard in for the 49ers. And, you know, I would say he overperformed uh, to most people's expectations last week um, in their cover. Now, this is a game where I can only take points and I can only look towards the under because you have two bad offenses, two lost seasons, teams that are going nowhere. They're not going to make the playoffs. And, you know, I think the key for, the, for, for me is the 49ers were a team that won just one game without Jimmy Garoppolo. And then he comes in, he wins five in a row, he saves the day. There's all this hype coming into the 2018 campaign. And now he's gone. So what is the mentality of that squad? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I, I, I love Kyle Shanahan, the coach, as a, you know, schematics kind of guy who can, who can scheme guys open with his route. Uh, with his, you know, play calling ability. Um, but like I said, this is a game where I can only look to take the points. Yeah, so uh, I'm an Iowa Hawkeye fan. I live in Iowa. C.J. Beathard is from Iowa, same as George Kittle. They both played for the 49ers. Uh, C.J. Beathard played a lot last year uh, and was a rookie last year. Uh, for Iowa, he was awesome. For us, not uh, like obviously not like up for the Heisman or anything, but he was a really good quarterback for the Hawkeyes. Uh, what I've heard, I'm not going to say that it's 100% accurate. What I've read on different Hawkeye stuff is that Shanahan really likes Beathard and that he, he thinks that they're – I mean, obviously he's not going to be as good as Jimmy G, but they, he should have a pretty good year and that after this year, you know, if he has a good year, Shanahan thinks that they, he might be trade bait uh, in the offseason. I guess that's how good he's looked in practice and stuff. So, I don't – I mean – the Niners are going to fall off a little bit because Jimmy G is pretty damn good, even though he didn't even start off that great before he got injured. Um, In Arizona, you know, Rosen, I I think, is a really good quarterback. I like him in college. Uh, They just don't have any line play at all for him right now, but he has a way better running back. Uh, He has better receivers. Uh, So I think that the Cardinals have a chance to finally get their first and probably only win of the season. 
even though I think Beathard is going to have a decent year. I just think that the Cardinals are really hungry for that first win. I think this is maybe their best shot, and they know it. I think the coach is going to coach and staff is going to go all out in this game plan so they can make sure they get a win under their belts, um, especially since the new staff, first-year staff. Uh, and this is a game that is, I almost would say it's a must-win for them. Uh, so they don't have to be worried about, you know, going 0-16 because the rest of the way out, uh, it's going to be a tough road. So I think they're going to really plan hard for this. I would take the four and a half. Yeah, you know, after the draft, after all the quarterbacks were taken, you know, I know Baker Mayfield was taken first overall, and he's the, the, the sexy pick for the Browns. But a, a lot of the analysts that I trust that were evaluating these guys said that Josh Rosen was the most NFL-ready quarterback, right? You know, guys like Joel Klatt, uh, you know, a guest on the herd quite often, they were saying that, you know, while he doesn't have the physical abilities that a Sam Darnold has, he has the ability to read a defense that you need in the NFL. So maybe this is a case where we can get down on that, where we can bet on his ability to adjust to the NFL quicker than some of the other rookie quarterbacks, Darnold and Mayfield, having issues with turnovers early in the season, to say the least. So, yep, I agree. Uh, Only looking to take the Cardinals at plus points here. Next we have Vikings at the Eagles. Eagles are three at home. 45 and a half is the total. Um, I'll, I'll give my piece on this one. I actually really like the Vikings here. Um, I, I can find three and a half at some books, so definitely want to look to take that whenever you can. The Eagles are off an overtime loss in Tennessee last week, and their 23 points were the most they've scored all season. Pretty surprising to me. Carson Wentz got pummeled. He's coming back from injury, and he took 11 hits and was sacked four times, so that's something the Eagles can't allow to continue. And then for Minnesota, they were handed a loss in L.A. on Thursday. Um, Again, you have to discount any Thursday night loss. It's just so difficult for these teams to be prepared on the road. And, you know, they are 1-2-1 and on the season. So headed into the 2018 campaign, the Vikings and the Eagles were teams that most expected to be playing for the Super Bowl out of the NFC. And so – I look at these teams very similarly, and when that's the case, I have to take Minnesota plus three and a half. They're also on 10 days of rest, and so getting over a field goal, I think that's very good line value. I love the Vikings here, plus three and a half. Yeah, so I, I agree with you. I, I love the Vikings. They're due to have a bounce back. Um, they've had, you know, stretches of kind of just mediocre defensive play, so I think they're due for their defense to step up. Uh, the the Eagles, I kind of said at the beginning of the year, I think they could struggle just because they were way too cocky and overconfident from the Super Bowl, acting like they invented the way to win the Super or make it to the Super Bowl and win it. Uh, and you know, obviously Wentz isn't a hundred percent yet, but they got him in there because Foles wasn't very good either. I just I just think that the Eagles, I just think the Vikings are just a better team than the Eagles right now. They have a better quarterback right now. I think Wentz overall is better, but. I think he's still adjusting to getting back. I think you have to like the Vikings, especially after two setbacks that they've just had. They, You think they're going to go all out in this game. Uh, it's the Eagles, Super Bowl champs. Everybody gives them their best shot. So I like the Vikings. I actually think they win it outright and uh, get back on the board, go 2-2-1, two, two and one, and Eagles drop to 2-3 and three on the season and kind of start questioning everything that's kind of going on in the franchise. And let's look at Kirk Cousins. I mean – 
I know the Vikings are sort of down, but Kirk Cousins is earning his $84 million. He's completing like 70% of his passes. He's got nearly 1,400 yards passing for 10 touchdowns, just two interceptions. So he's earning his money and doing his part. The problem is he's not getting enough help from Dalvin Cook in the running game, and his offensive line isn't doing enough. But I think they could turn that around. And the other thing is, Kirk Cousins playing in Washington, he's very familiar with the Eagles. He's played them seven times and done pretty well, four and three in those starts. And now he's on a Vikings team with a much better roster than the Redskins. So I think his familiarity playing in Philadelphia and, again, getting that, uh, getting over a field goal, is, it makes this one solid bet. So let's move on. Another NFC matchup, Rams at the Seahawks. Rams are minus seven on the road. Rams are going to take a ton of money again this week. They're probably going to cover. And, you know, uh, uh, the Rams are one of those teams where I, I think that even when their point spread is, is overly inflated and all the line value is lost, they're still going to find a way to cover 10 or 11 spreads this year. They just they appear to be firing on all cylinders. Sean McVay has all his pieces in alignment on offense, and they're just – they look unstoppable at this point. They have playmakers everywhere, both sides of the ball. You're not supposed to lay seven on the road. That's not a way to bank a bunch of money betting on sports. But if I had to bet on this game, I would lay the lumber with the Rams. I don't think there's any other way. On the Seahawks, I think there's going to be a whole lot of distraction coming from that Earl Thomas thing. I mean, I, w- I want to get your take on that. I mean, the guy gets injured, and he flicks off the crowd and the team as he's getting carted off the field. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not totally sure what he thinks. That's just a horrible look. And I know Pete Carroll is sort of known as a player-friendly coach, and he keeps that locker room loose. But I don't know. Maybe things are getting out of hand here. Well, I think they already got out of hand, and that's why he shipped most of them out of there. Uh, Earl Thomas is the last one left because he's the best one left. He's still, you know, he's 28, still probably, if not the best safety, second best safety in the NFL. Uh, his contract. He's still under one-year contract, you know. Obviously, he was fighting for an extension. But the thing is, is I, Earl Thomas is pissed off at the franchise, but the franchise, at the same time, how can they be loyal to the guy that during last year, when he, in the end of last season, when he still had a full whole another year left, is telling other teams to come get him, knowing he's still under contract? Yeah. Like, what what loyalty does to the Seahawks owe a guy like that? Um, but I, I, you know, he's an overreaction kind of guy. Two years ago, was it, when he broke his leg, he said he was going to retire. So, I mean, obviously him flipping off is kind of the same thing. He just He's caught up in the moment. He's overreacting to shit. And, you know, that's what happened. And that, I think the Rams blow the Seahawks out. Their defensive line is way too powerful for the Seahawks' shitty offensive line. The Seahawks just lost, lost their best player on defense. Uh, Cam – or not Cam. Russell Wilson is going to be running for his life uh, that whole game. I think you have to love the Rams minus seven. May cover every game this year. They could go 16-0. That team is unbelievable, especially <laughs> once they get get everybody back or and is healthy again. Like it's just that team is just something else. Uh, their offense is just ridiculous, and their defense is the same. Um, I don't know. I don't know how anybody beats them. They're gonna have to have an off night on both sides of the ball, and I don't think it's happening this week. I think the Seahawks are in a lot of trouble in this game, and I think the Rams are coming for them. I like the total. I like to go under the total here. I think 50 and a half is out of control. The Rams high flying offense 
yep, you you got to look for them to be putting up at least 28 points week in and week out. But if the line's right and this is a blowout, I, I don't see the Seahawks putting up a whole lot of points. Their offensive line is atrocious. Russell Wilson is, is left running for his life. They have no running game. And so I, I, I think – I think maybe the best way to get at this game is take the Seahawks team total under. If you can find it, I know not all books offer it. But, yeah, I, th- I think this total is a little bit out of, out of control here. Yeah, I agree. Like I said, if the Seahawks are getting blown out, I think the Rams stop, you know, kicking their ass. So 50 is a ton for that game. I don't see how the Seahawks put up many points at all. Uh, so, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty crazy over-under. All right, let's move on to Cowboys at Texans. Texans are three at home. 45.5 is the total. I've got nothing on this game. Do you have anything? So I don't right now because it's a late game, so I usually like to see how I play throughout the day. Uh, But if I am going to make a play, I love the Texans. Cowboys are 0-2 on the road. Uh, Texans are a better team than their 1-3 record state. I think they're going to start getting on a roll here, kind of like I said about the Raiders. I think the Texans are a really good team. I think they uh, start to really roll through that their division or conference as well, or division as well. I think they can take down everybody in, in that thing yet. Um, Cowboys just are a whole different team on the road. Uh, they play great at home. I get that this isn't that far away from home, but uh, it's still not Dallas Stadium. Uh, Dak is – I don't know what he is, really. Uh, they finally got smart last week and ran Zeke a lot, but that's also because they were holding the lead a lot. Um, I think the Texans jump out to a, an early lead, which makes the Cowboys have to rely on Dak, and that hurts them. I think the Texans cover that minus three, and uh, I think easily. Yeah, I think we're starting to see who the real Dak Prescott is here, without Jason Witten, without Des Bryant. I mean, one of his top targets is Cole, Cole Beasley. The guy's like 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, and so, you know, we're starting to see, you know, the level of talent that Dak Prescott has being a, what was he, a fourth-round pick, fifth-round pick? And yeah, the Cowboys yeah, are in a precarious yeah. spot this offseason. They've got to decide if they want to move forward with this guy and pay him a whole bunch of money as he's going to expect as a starting quarterback. And, you know, I'm not sure it's a pretty big fork in the road. I'm definitely – uh, you know, happy about it. I'm, I'm rooting they make the wrong decision as a Redskins fan. But I agree. I think if I had to make a play, I would take the, the Texans simply because they fall into the same category as the Raiders. They're just one and three, but they've played much better than that. And they've had some chances to win a few games. Um, net yards per play has them at eighth in the league, just behind uh, San Francisco. So I, you know, I think Houston, you know, with Watson coming back and kind of, getting into form here. I think they have an opportunity to win. Uh, uh, This is a very winnable game at home for them. And so I would have to lean towards them. Next we have Monday night football, Redskins at the Saints. Saints are six and a half, 52 and a half the total. I haven't bet on my Redskins all year, but I think I finally found a spot where I like them. I love Washington plus six and a half here. It's all about the Redskins off of a bye. They've had over you know, 13 days to prepare, which can be a very profitable betting strategy, getting a team off of extra rest. New Orleans has been solid at home. They've been a solid bet at home for the better part of Drew Brees' career. But the Saints own the league's third worst, excuse me, fourth worst defense. And so I think this is a game where the backdoor could be wide open. 
And so the other key is going to be, can the Redskins apply pressure from the middle of their defensive line? Matt Ioannidis, he leads the Redskins with three sacks. Jonathan Allen, the draft pick, he's got two more to go with it. And that's got to be the way they're going to win the game. Ball control on the ground with Adrian Peterson facing his old team. And I, I think if Alex Smith and Adrian Peterson can team up for some long Redskins drives, really take the air out of the ball and wind the clock down, they've got a chance to cover the spread and maybe even win the game outright. Yeah, so for me, isn't this where the Saints get Ingram back? Ingram, um, let's see. I can check on that right now. Well, yeah, you check. Well, I, I think they get him back here. Um, but They do. Besides they do. That, yeah, yeah. So uh, this is another stay away game for me because I actually kind of do like the Redskins just because the Saints have been on fire. Uh, but they're going to get an added boost back to their offense with Ingram in there. Uh, even though Kamara's been pretty good, but you know you can run the ball up the gut. You can throw it out. You can toss it out wide. You can check down to Kamara. Uh, it brings a whole other element to their offense, which is why they were so great last year. And I think it hurt them for a couple of games at the beginning of the year, uh, even though they pulled out some wins. But I think they missed Ingram. I think him coming back really makes them dynamic in a different way. And Drew Brees is just feeling it, uh, which he always is. But, you know, their defense, I think, will start coming back to what it was last year, where it was a pretty good defense. It may not yet, but I think somewhere it's going to start coming back. They can't all of a sudden be a great defense and then be awful, you would think, but uh, you never know. The Redskins, I think, are a pretty solid team. Like you said, 13 days to prepare because they got the bye plus. Now they're playing on Monday Night Football. is huge. Uh, that's why I this is a stairway game for me just because that is a huge advantage as well. Uh, if anything, I think I would take actually the over of the 52 and a half. Not worried about Alex Smith, uh, check down Charlie for the Redskins? No, because everybody says that and gives him that name. But, uh, I mean, so Pat Mahomes is having a, having a hell of a year. But if you would compare that last year, uh, first four games or first three games of Alex Smith versus Pat Mahomes, Alex Smith actually had more yards per play than Pat Mahomes does and only had two less touchdowns, have about the exact amount of yards per game. Uh, I think Alex Smith just gets a bad rep. I mean, they obviously, they just beat the Packers with him. I think they're a good team. I think Alex Smith never gets the credit he deserves. And so I think they can put up and run with the Saints on this one. No, I agree. I agree. I think, um, you know, the the one area of, the big area of weakness for the Redskins has got to be the wide receiver position. Um, I saw in the news earlier today, their first-round pick from a few years ago, Josh Doxson, didn't show up at practice, and Jay Gruden didn't have any comment on that. So, I, you know, I, I got to look into that, and I got to see what the hell's going on there. Um, but they've been able to find some guys. They've been able to find, uh, you know, Jordan Reed out of the tight end position. And looking at Adrian Peterson's year, I mean, he, he seems to be um, performing well above expectations. So, like I said, I, I think if the Redskins orchestrate some – some long drives where they run the ball five, six, seven times and really take a whole bunch of time off the clock and play ball control offense. I, I think they have a chance to cover and win the game too. So I, this is a game where I would consider putting a little bit of my bet on the money line as well. But that yeah, about uh, does it for me. Um, well, what I was going to say real quick, also uh, that's kind of crazy uh, to me. So 
that year, Josh, speaking of Josh Doxon, him and Corey Coleman, I thought were going to be really good receivers in the NFL because they were, they're both fast, they're both quick, and they both were great jump ball catchers in college. Uh, they were just – they had a hell of a year. I thought they'd both be good in the, in the NFL, and it looks like they both might not even be in the NFL after this year, which is insane to me. Yeah, it looks like Dotson is nursing some heel injuries, so it's not looking good for his ability to play this week. All right, and then as the episode winds down every week – I know we talked about all the games we liked, but now give them the exact pick five you have this weekend for the Super or for the Bet the Board podcast. Your five winning picks for the Bet the Board podcast contest: Miami plus six and a half against a good Cincinnati team. They're going to cover the spread there. They've got a chance to win. Baltimore laying three and a half on the road. They're going to win against Cleveland. Oakland plus four and a half at home. Minnesota plus three-and-a-half in Philadelphia. And Washington, Monday night game, plus six-and-a-half. They're going to cover the spread. And for me, my start starting off on Thursday with Indy plus ten-and-a-half. Uh, I think that they they can cover that. I do not think they can win the game, but I think they can cover that ten-and-a-half. Green Bay minus one and a half at Detroit. Oakland on the road, but at home, plus four and a half, just like you. Uh, Minnesota plus three and a half. And the Rams minus seven and a half to end it all. (laughs) Anything else you want to add, Cam? No, that's it. Let's catch some tickets this weekend. All right, and as always, if you like what you hear or you're following us or you're fading us and you're making money either way, you can find us on Twitter at Cameron Covers and at Live with Boomer, or if anything else you want to find out in the sports world, you can go to ProSportsExtra.com. Uh, I do a weekly top 25 in college football. Cam has some different articles up. Other than that, that's it, folks. Call the cops because we on fire. Peace.